Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Another busy show. And of course, tonight, Indiana back in action as they host Jackson State in Bloomington. A 7 o'clock tip-off. The Hoosiers look to rack up another victory. Improve to 5-0 and on the season is the goal. And I think for IU fans, everyone looking to see what the situation is for players like Christian Lander and Parker Stewart and others that have uh, emerged somewhat here over the last few weeks to start this 21-22 college basketball season. By the way, the uh, Associated Press poll came out a little earlier in the week, and or yesterday, I should say, and IU, I think, number 30, if you count all the extra votes in that poll. So uh, getting a little love, but really not moving up. In fact, I think Indiana was in that range, if not one or two slots higher, a week ago. So interesting to see if Indiana against some of these lesser and mid-major type opponents, is able to move up in the rankings if they continue to win. And you sure would expect IU to continue to win. They take on Jackson State tonight. Marshall will be the game on Saturday. And then the next big one, the big challenge of this non-conference schedule for the Indiana Hoosiers, a road game at Syracuse as part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge coming up uh, in just a week or so, really seven days from today, uh, that one will take place. And, of course, after that, it's an early dose of Big Ten basketball, Indiana with Nebraska on December 4th at home, and then a road trip to Wisconsin on December 8th before getting back into some other non-conference games. So uh, some fun ahead, and IU back on the court tonight, 7 o'clock tip-off as they take on Jackson State. Let's take a look at today's show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. We'll be joined by a former regular guest of the program who's now back with us. His name is Greg Mingelt, and he is covering basketball in southern Indiana for the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. Greg is a former sports editor of the News and Tribune, and he'll join us in just a few minutes to uh, tell us about his venture, but most importantly, uh, a lot of coverage and a lot of things to cover. And uh, Tuesday, a big day as far as announcing uh, some of the weekly awards that come out, Team of the Week, Performance of the Week, Player of the Week. And on top of that, uh, the boys' basketball season begins with some games across the state tonight. Uh, so far, it's been all girls' coverage, but boys' coverage uh, coming as the boys' games are here. So we'll do that in segment number one. A little bit later in the program, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is going to be with us. Mike uh, will help us preview the IU contest tonight against Jackson State. We'll dive into the lineup a little bit. What are some things to watch for tonight? Again, in these games where IU's not playing a real, I call it sexy opponent like a St. John's, 
or a Syracuse and you expect Indiana to win, uh, oftentimes you expect them to win by double digits, maybe 20 or more points in some of these games. I think if you're a fan and you really want to follow the team closely, it's good to have some things, some detailed things to watch for. And so we'll talk about that to, to this afternoon or today, I should say, uh, with Mike Schumann when he joins us here. What are some of the things today, specific things with the lineup, the defense, some of these players that are we consider emerging right now for IU? What are some things to watch for? And we'll discuss that here with Mike when he joins us in just a bit. Also, later in the hour, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com always joins us on Tuesday. I was going to get into IU football with him. It is bucket week. I know there's been no real thought of that because the IU football team just dismissed this season there's no question about that uh, but Mike is a little under the weather and I don't know that he's going to be able to be with us a little later in the hour so if that's the case we'll have some other content for you coming up in that final segment today that's the show lineup a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany and of course it's Thanksgiving week we're just a couple days away uh, from the Thanksgiving holiday and if you know anything about Honey Baked Tam their hams, their turkeys, and so much more. They are your source for Thanksgiving at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, Greg Mingelt uh, is my guest. Greg, it's great to have you back in studio with us for a number of years on this program. During your tenure as sports editor of the News and Tribune, you would always join us once a week to talk local sports. Josh Cook of the News and Tribune has continued that ritual with us here on Wednesdays, but we're glad to welcome you back. You'll be joining us once a week for a segment uh, all about high school basketball and anything to do with basketball in the local area. And uh, you've already been off and running, writing about a lot of games, a lot of previews, a lot of features. And I tell you what, a lot of local guys in college that we've been able to follow so far, and you've done a great job of uh, informing everyone of that. Thank you. We uh, started slowly. Um, we decided that we were going to kind of build into this, and and starting with the college and NBA guys, uh, NBA guy, one NBA guy, but starting with the college and NBA, I think it's been a nice way to kind of get rolling into this, um, into the girls' season. We've we've picked it up a little, and now we're going to pick it up even more as we go. Uh, at Hoosier Hills Hoops. Well, Greg, Tuesday's a big day because coming out of the weekend, of course, for now, it's just girls. That will change next week when, when boys' games have played a week. But a lot of features are released on Tuesday, and I think probably one of the most important things you'll put out every week is a player of the week, and that was won by a lady from Emma, uh, from Borden named Emily Sissel. She had 40 points, set a couple school records uh, for Borden along the way to that big 40-point performance, and she's the player of the week for the girls. Yeah, typically we won't make our player of the week somebody who played one game in a week, but when it's one game like this, uh, that's your player of the week. So Emily Sissel scored 40 of Borden's 61 points. Basically a one-player demolition crew uh, against Crothersville in a 61-44 victory. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a big performance. A couple of school records, the 40 points, um, was definitely a school record. And 10 three-pointers, 10 for 19 from the three-point line. So Emily Sissel is our, uh, our player of the week. And uh, team of the week, that honor goes to the Silver Creek girls basketball team, of course, defending 3A state champions just like the boys at Silver Creek will be when their season tips off on Wednesday night. But uh, Silver Creek uh, off and running so far this season. They've had a couple challenges so far, but they have been uh, overall very good for uh, Coach Scott Shane. 
Right, and our team of the week feature isn't going to necessarily be who's the best team every time. Uh, for example, last week, Corridan was our team of the week after they started 6-0, and um, after uh, not being great for the last few years. Uh, but this week, you it had to be Silver Creek. Um, they, first of all, beat Corridan Central, uh, big win uh, last night, uh, beat North Harrison last week, and then, of course, um, Jeffersonville and New Albany, which for a team like Silver Creek, those are always big. You know, conference games are big, sectional, of course. But, you know, at schools that size, beating Jeffersonville and New Albany is is it. So, Silver Creek is our uh, team of the week, defending state champions. Talking a little high school basketball with Greg Mingeld here in our opening segment of this Tuesday show. Greg, I know the early question, I think, in girls, and a lot of our conversation will move to boys. We don't want to forget about the girls as the season goes along, but – can Silver Creek, uh, the girls, can they could they run back uh, a championship again? Are they that caliber of team? There's no doubt that they're on that level. Um, you know, not having seen the teams from around the state, it's almost impossible to say. But um, there are a couple of teams out there. Like for example, South Bend, Washington, um, who they beat last year for the state championship, is number two in the single class bowl. So um, they would have to be the favorites, I would assume. But uh, I mean, Silver Creek has an awful lot back from last year. Um, you know, just winning the sectional is difficult with Salem in the sectional. Uh, North Harrison, Charlestown, although Silver Creek kind of proved that it was on a different level than the uh, the second-level MSC teams this week um, by beating Charlestown and Corden and North Harrison. Talking um, some high school hoops with Greg Mengelt. Greg, a couple other uh, weekly announcements, performance of the week. Uh, that's going to be a duplicate. Emily Sissel of Borden with her 40-point performance gets the performance of the week and the win of the week. This is a neat th- feature, I think. Rock Creek, the girls, uh, they knocked off Borden for the first time since 2005, and there seems to be a real uh, movement of progress there at the uh, Rock Creek campus in Sellersburg with Sarah Nord, former Miss Basketball in the state, leading uh, the girls program there. And that kind of wraps out some of the weekly awards that are released on Tuesdays. Greg, I wanted to jump into all of these former boys players we have in the area that are playing college basketball. You've been tracking all of uh, their performances, their minutes, their points, and so much more at the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. But I tell you what, it's amazing to me just the sheer number of guys from this immediate area that are playing Division One basketball. And they're not just on rosters. They're actually getting a chance, even if they're freshmen or sophomores, uh, to contribute. Every single one of them is playing. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, obviously, other than Trey Kaufman, who's been redshirted, they're all playing. They're all contributing. Uh, I think we have five Division One players, and every one of them is uh, contributing to their team. Uh, some team is better than others, obviously, but um, – uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun writing those every night. Kind of, as a as someone who's a college basketball fanatic overall, um, being able to track those kids from here who I actually covered in high school is is a pretty cool thing to be able to do. And we do that every night. So um, if Romeo Langford plays for the Celtics or Trey Coleman at Nevada or Cooper Jacoby at Toledo or any of them, William Mary Langdon Hatton from North Harrison. Um, we're going to cover it. You know, the, the way college basketball websites are now, you can you can almost write a story like you're there. So um, really, really enjoying doing that. Of all the locals, uh, the college level players, anyone stand out to you as far as a local that's maybe uh, doing the best right now or putting up the best numbers for their respective team? I, I don't know about 
who who's the best of them, but I'll tell you who's impressed me is Justin Betts. Uh, when I watched him in high school, I didn't think he was necessarily a Division One basketball player. Um, he wasn't recruited as a Division One basketball player. Man, he's had some really good games. I, he scored double figures against Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. So um, I don't know if he's the best of the bunch, but, man, he's really impressed me with what he's done. And I know the final score last night, Bellerman out on the West Coast in an event – uh, the Empire Classic at T-Mobile at Arena in Las Vegas, uh, playing number two ranked UCLA. I know the final score was a little closer, I think, than what the, the earlier parts of the game were. But uh, the final score, 75-62, Bellarmine, a second-year Division One program within 13 points of the number two ranked team in the country. And uh, you mentioned Justin Betts, uh, four points, five rebounds, two steals last night. Uh, for him, he contributes uh, in every game. In the starting lineup, and you know, I think this is their first what you'd call official Division One season because they're tournament eligible. And so far, they're, they've played five games, and they've played number one, number two, and number three. Yeah, that's called testing yourself right out of the gate, isn't it? Yeah, amazing yeah. schedule. And I think the schedule you've got to look at people, uh, namely Scott Davenport and all his connections and years in basketball. He's Absolutely. able to to get some of these big challenges set up. And you better believe when they get to conference play, of course, first year of the conference uh, as a D1 member, they came in, I think, uh, was it number two in the conference? Right. Uh, but uh, they're going to be very competitive in that conference. I don't think they can go to the tournament yet. I think there's a four-year okay. period until the uh, that they're eligible. But it's a shame because you, last year's team was pretty close, and this year's team may very well be as far as their conference results in NCAA tournament teams. So, there's no doubt in my mind that if – if Davenport stays there, that they will be an NCAA tournament team before long. Yeah, yeah. One other thing I want to mention, Romeo, you've got a Romeo tracker feature. You touched on this. It's been fun to follow him in Boston. Still streaky from time to time as far as his minutes or performances when he's in uh, those respective minutes. But this has been, I think, a different season for Romeo so far in the NBA. Number one, he's healthy. Uh, knock on wood when we say that because we know he's been prone to some some minor injuries at times, but he's received a, a playing time. He seems to have found a role on this team, and I think now it uh, this is the opportunity for him to kind of put his foot on the pedal and see if he can increase what he's uh, getting right now. And uh, no, uh, did not play coaches' decisions at all this year. So he is playing every game consistently except for the two that he's been injured. And um, uh Sometimes it looks like he's comfortable out there, and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's uh, just a matter of playing time and experience. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he's an NBA contributor. Will he ever be an NBA starter? Will he ever be an NBA star? I think there's potential, especially in his offense. Um, but we'll see. It's uh, But it's been a lot of fun covering those games. And, I, you know, like Jalen Brown said last night, Romeo's been up and down, but he is a very good player. That's Greg Bingell of the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. Uh, lots of coverage of local basketball at the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. Greg, uh, Mike Pegram is questionable for later in the show. If you can hang around, I'd like to talk with you a little bit about the uh, the boys' season. There's actually a local game or two tonight. And then just maybe some general thoughts that we have on the upcoming season. So if you can hang with us, we may revisit uh, this conversation a little bit later in the hour today. 
Yeah, like I wrote this morning, basketball's back and it's glorious. Yes, no question about it. Greg Mingelt with us, and I think normally Greg will be with us Thursdays on the program uh, after we get through the Thanksgiving holiday, but we wanted to have him on today with basketball season rolling uh, here locally to talk uh, and touch on a number of different subjects regarding Southern Indiana hoops. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join us IU and Jackson State tonight. What are some of the things to watch out for? Is this going to be another big performance from Christian Lander? We'll discuss all of that more. And don't forget the Thornton's text line. i got to remember to remind you of that. It's open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Love to get your questions and comments about the Hoosiers and local sports, you can text them in now. We'll be back with Mike Schumann, talk some IU hoops. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Mike, Jackson State comes to Bloomington tonight. Uh, What do we know about this uh, mid-major team? I don't believe they at all are expected to be one of the the better mid-major, lesser-type opponents on the IU non-conference schedule this year. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think they are. They're. Uh, I was just looking at their Kimpon profile right now. They're number two eighty-five nationally according to that service, and, and it looks like what they're 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 a much better defensive team. They're actually the number three hundred thirty-eight team offensively when it comes to adjusted efficiency. So they're just not not getting much done on the offensive end, and probably this is helpful context for for IU fans. They they played Illinois in their opener. Uh, on the road and lost 71-47. So that kind of gives you an idea. Fans are probably pretty familiar with Illinois and what they've got going on. So it kind of gives you an idea of what tonight might look like. All right, uh, Mike, uh, let's talk about the Sunday game. And will we see some carryover there? Obviously the star of the game, or at least the uh, top storyline, was the minutes that Christian Lander received and his performance as well. Uh, do we know about the health of Rob Finnessy? Uh Thoughts on Lander, Johnson, Finnessy as we move in tonight and really the rest of the way? Yeah, I, I don't know for sure about Finnessy tonight. My guess would be that we're not going to see him once again, mainly just because of the, the quick turnaround and, and the opponent. Um, you know, he would have all the way till Saturday if he doesn't play tonight to, to get, get himself ready. I understand he's dealing with a, a calf issue and it's, it's pretty minor in the overall scheme of things. And I think the staff likes the the chance to give Lander some run. He really accounted for himself well on Sunday night, as you suggested. Um, So I think my guess would be that we're going to see more of the same with with Johnson starting at point guard and and Lander getting 
a, a ton of minutes, probably maybe even more than he got uh, the the other night, just because this this one will probably be out of hand pr- pretty early. And I think that the staff keeps wanting to see what what he can do and, and kind of build on the momentum that he's gained. Mike, right now fans are pretty positive and excited about this Indiana team. I think everyone understands they have a long way to go. But uh, as you look at the defensive performances of this team, I think they held Louisiana to a pretty low mark uh, on Sunday. Uh, Is the defense better? Is the defense trending good? Or is IU been able to maybe look better defensively than what they are because of the level of competition in most of these games? Obviously not the St. John's game, but in most of the games that they've played so far this year. Yeah, I think it's probably aspects of both. I mean, I think they're, they are a good defense, you know, and we've talked about this before. I think it's a lot of it stems from, from what they can do at the top of the defense with, with Xavier Johnson and with Rob Fennessy, you know, putting a lot of pressure on the ball. And then I think they've got a lot of guys, you know, that can get into the passing lanes and play aggressive. And then on the back end, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is doing things that he hasn't done in the past with really covering a lot of ground to, to be a rim protector and, um, you know, Race Thompson doing a little bit of that as well. So they, I think they've got a lot of nice pieces. They, it's interesting that the, you know, I think, at least I would have told you going into the season, you know, the, the two starters out there, Cop and Stewart, were maybe not their, their better defenders. But they, they've been putting together strong defensive performances with those two on the court. And, and when I watch them play, they, to this point, they haven't been a, a major defensive liability out there. But I guess that goes to, to the other thing you mentioned there, you know, how much of this is, is the opposition. I don't think we're going to learn too much tonight because, as I mentioned, you know, Jackson State's profile is really bad on the offensive end. You know, it's obviously Indiana's strength so far. So I'm sure Indiana's gonna, so going to look like another defensive juggernaut tonight. And we, we just may not learn a whole lot more until they get into a, a uh, high major gauntlet that, that's coming up here on the horizon. Yeah, and, and as easy as what the schedule looks now over the coming uh, few games, from that Syracuse game forward, of course, including a couple Big Ten Conference games there uh, in, in early December, as a treat for what uh, IU could look like against Big Ten competition this year. Things are going to change quick for this team. Yeah, you got three of four there in a stretch. Some of the teams you mentioned, you know, starting on next week, you got Syracuse and then Big Ten action starts with a home game against Nebraska, who's going to be a, a an interesting challenge. They're going to play a lot like St. John's did and really – Test Indiana's defense when it comes to to getting back and you know staying in front of their man. Um, so along those lines, one of the things were that I I've been noticing, and I think we're going to see more of as the season progresses, to the extent opponents have the personnel to do it, is you know to really play more of a five out approach and try to pull Jackson Davis and Thompson out of the paint and just see if they can't break teams break Indiana down on dribble drives I think that's something Nebraska has historically been really good at with Fred Hoiberg and then you got uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame coming up so so really over a three-week stretch you'll have four high major tests there and and I think at that point we'll have a much better sense of, of what we're dealing with here. Texter on the Thornton's text line writes Indiana basketball is doing to teams what they should be doing. People gripe about the schedule, but the fellows can only play who's on the schedule. Credit to them and keep the momentum towards Big Ten play. Uh, Well said. I think we guys like you and I write and talk a lot about the schedule or 
uh, was it a, a good fit for this team? And I think that we all agree, uh, most of us agree, this is a good fit for this team and what, where Coach Woodson sees this program right now. Uh, but the players, they, they don't control who's scheduled, and they're there to perform against whoever they have to go against wherever the game's played. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can get accomplished in these games, even if they're not necessarily exciting for for fans or or for us in in the media. Um, You know, things like we saw on Sunday with Christian Lander, you know, going back to him, I mean, you know, I I guess he could have been thrown into the fire, and he was a little bit against St. John's, but you'd rather have that come up in a game like Louisiana where he's got a better chance to – to kind of hold his own and, and build confidence, which he, which he clearly did, um, you know, in so many ways. Like I, one of, one of the things that really stood out to me, and I've I've been critical of him on the defensive end, uh, going all the way back to, to last year, and then the Bahamas because he struggled to stay in front of his man and, and he didn't understand you know angles and physicality. But but he really has taken strides in that aspect of it. I was really impressed watching him guard the ball at the top and really use his body as a more physical defender. And I think those are all things that, that will serve him well down the road when the schedule does get tougher, but you just, you know, you, you want to be able to do things like that. You want to learn, you know, get players comfortable in what you're trying to do on both ends of the court. You got to remember that, you know, for every player on this team, what they're doing both offensively and defensively is completely new. So, you know, you could do trial by fire and, and have some really tough games against some really good competition, or, or you could get these guys comfortable, which which I do think is happening. I mean, I think if you even look back to the Eastern Michigan game and how that went and looked to uh, Sunday night, I, I think there's clear strides. Mike, you wrote a story at the dailyhoosier.com about Mike Wood. Uh, Coach Woodson's strategy to cut down and limit turnovers, and it involves uh, a guilt trip, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that tickled me last night on, on his radio show, so I wanted to, to share that with people. He, um, he, I, I guess, and I'd love to be able to watch this actually happen, but you know, the the story is that any any amount of turnovers over twelve, the team has to run a down and back sprint, and it's not just the team; it's it's really everybody there at the practice, all the coaches, the managers, every, everyone involved. And so, as everybody probably knows, they had 27 turnovers on Sunday night, which means 15 down and backs, and that that includes Mike Woodson running those down and backs. And so that that you know that's going to be something that probably sticks in the player's mind. And you know, if we if we commit that many turnovers, we got to sit there and watch our coach suffer through all these down and backs. And I, I guess he only made them do four yesterday probably because they have a game today but he said they're going to make those up so i I mean it's it's obviously interesting for a lot of different things he's leading you know by being involved and actually you know being a part of of it and i I guess it makes a little bit of sense you know the the coaches are have some responsibility for turnovers as well but you know he's also having some fun with it too and just you know making things loose while also sending, sending a message Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I want to kind of back up from IU for just a moment and take a look at the Big Ten in college basketball so far. Uh, Purdue, number one, have you had a chance to see the Boilermakers? I've not watched a full game myself yet, but I tell you what, I think they're really good. Yeah, I think they've kind of put themselves out there as the clear top team in the conference. I know a lot of people thought that that they could potentially be that team going in. I, I wasn't as convinced 
But I think what really makes them different is, in my opinion, in the limited action that I've watched so far is, is Zach Eady. Um, just because, you know, you really can't account or plan for, for seven foot five. I mean, to the extent he gets the ball in the paint eight feet or closer, the, it's, you're really done at that point. And he's proven that. I think he's shooting like 70% from the, from the field so far. And, and that's just because, you know, the, even, you know, you think about Indiana's games coming down the road, even a seven footer like Michael Durer is going to look like a kid next to him. I mean, you just, if you haven't been up close on the court when Edie is out there, I think you should make a point to do that if you get to one of their games because it's just stunning how large of a human he is. And he's actually pretty skilled. I mean, I think the, the way, based on what I'm seeing with Purdue, the, the way you could potentially beat them is to really push the tempo and, and make him run. Um, you're still going to be giving up a lot when he's on the offensive end, but you're going to have to to make sure that you make him run it and get a lot of action going the other way. And Mike, have you had a chance to see Michigan so far this season? I did catch the tail end of the Seton Hall game, which was part of the Gavit tip-off games. They lost at home 67-65 to Seton Hall. Then they lost a couple nights ago to Arizona, who looked to be one of maybe the, the sleeper teams in high major college basketball so far this season. 80-62, that final score. Yeah, no, I haven't seen too much of them, but I, I share what you just said. Just that reaction to that score is what really kind of caught me off guard. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how they, they pull together. I know they're young. I know they lost some really key guys from last year, but I think, you know, with such a good freshman class and some nice pieces returning, I, I would have certainly expected more from them. And again, just the the way they lost to Arizona, who you may very well be right, may, may be a, an up-and-coming team that, that will realize it wasn't such a bad loss, you know, later on down the road. Mike, back to IU. As, as IU tries to figure out this point guard situation, uh, we don't know necessarily the status, I don't believe, of Rob Finnessy and of course, Christian Lander still maybe too early to tell on a regular basis what his role might be, although I think there's reason to be hopeful uh, about Lander. And then Xavier Johnson, technical foul the other night. Coach Woodson even discussed uh, briefly on his radio show last night that it's important for him not to get into these confrontations with uh, opposing players. Uh, is that concerning to you at all? Is the And maybe a step above that is the overall uh, unknown right now about who's going to lead this team as the point guard or maybe a pair, a duo of point guards. Is there any concern with any of that? I'd say I'm not concerned because they, they have the three guys and you know, you know, at, at any point, any of them could, could be a really strong point guard, especially now that we're seeing good things out of, out of Lander. But, you know, the, the, the Xavier Johnson thing, I mean, that, that was a known quantity for him when, when Indiana signed him out of Pitt. He spent three years at Pitt, and he, he came to IU with that reputation. Indiana was well aware of that reputation. It was, you know, publicly known that, that he's had some issues, just kind of keeping his emotions in check. Um, it, it's one of those things where you kind of take the good with the bad in the sense that, you know, it's it's those same emotions that, you know, really fuels him as a competitor makes him a really tough cover offensively, you know, makes him a really good on the ball defender. But but sometimes it just, you know, has bad outcomes like the technical foul, like just generally fouling too much as we've seen so far. So, you know, it, that'll be an interesting thing to just keep an eye on over, over the course of the season is whether or not Mike Woodson and, and the rest of the coaching staff can kind of 
help him keep that in check and kind of manifest that into to something more positive. All right, Mike, as we discuss a lot of positives about this team, I'm curious uh, over these next few games leading up to Syracuse and even in the Syracuse and some of the early Big Ten games, what what are concerns you have about this Indiana team? What are uh, the top few things that have stood out to you now over the course of these first four games where uh, you, you have legitimate concern about IU moving forward you know, against Big Ten level play? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go right back to Xavier Johnson just because I think he's so key to this team. Like when I've watched them in half-court offense, uh, there, there are many times when he has an ability to, you know, beat his man off the dribble and kind of create something out of nothing, you know, late shot clock situations where, where the, the, what they're trying to do is breaking down and they just need somebody to create something on their own. He's uniquely able to do that. And he's done it many times already. And so having him right for the, the things that we talked about a minute ago, you know, is going to be key when you get, as this competition ramps up and you really need him to be on top of his game and give you those minutes, give you those plays against big 10 competition. So, so that's one I, you know, if you really press me on who I think needs to be the, the, the point guard, it's clearly him, but, but he's got to, you know, put it all together you know, three-point shooting is always going to be a, a theme on this team. There, there's, you know, the what we're seeing here in the last couple of games out of Miller Cop and Parker Stewart is encouraging, but I, I still don't think this is like an elite three-point shooting team by any stretch. They've they've done nothing to to suggest that th- that they're going to be that, but they've got to keep it respectable. I think if they, as a team, they could shoot. 35% or above, I, I think that would be really key. And it's, you know, what is encouraging about the three-point shooting, I would say, is that a lot of different guys have made shots. And, and so, obviously, the more guys you have making shots, the better spacing you can maintain on the floor. Um, uh, another thing I'm, I'm keeping my eye on is Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, I think he's improved remarkably in, in a few areas, but I still – you know, even in that game on, on Sunday night, I still saw him, you know, just his instinct is so strong to use his left hand around the rim. And, and at times he struggled with that against some pretty good length of Louisiana. And, and so what's that going to look like in the Big Ten against like a, a Zach Eady or a Hunter Dickinson and some of the elite bigs in, in the Big Ten? And can he be as effective as he is right now when, when the talent ramps up? Because obviously that's another – thing when you when you talk about you know things Indiana really has to lean on when the competition gets tough it's it's obviously going to be Jackson Davis absolutely and uh, Mike Schumann is my guest Mike another basketball uh, question for you then I want to get a couple quick football things in Uh, a couple 2024 prospects so those would be uh, what sophomores this current school year uh, in high school basketball will be in attendance on uh, at the game tonight and I bring them up specifically because they kind of have a little proximity to us. One of them's name is Aiden Evans, and he is from North Harden High School, which is uh, south of Louisville in Radcliffe, Kentucky. And then a player from Louisville, uh, just barely across the river, Manual High School is just across the bridge, uh, Damon King from DuPont Manual High School in Louisville. So some young guys uh, from Kentucky that Indiana is already making contact with and uh, they're going to be in attendance at Assembly Hall tonight. Yeah, I, I found it interesting. You know, I, I've always thought of, 
you know, at least in the last 10 years or so that, that Indiana has been much more of a high school basketball talent factory than, than the state of Kentucky. But that, that definitely seems to be changing here in the last few years, especially in the 2023 and 2024 classes. And these are two guys that, you know, as you said, very young guys just starting their sophomore years, but, but clearly on Indiana's radar. Um, I think they both said, you know, they 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 grew up Louisville fans, so so take that for for what it's worth. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be important, uh, especially in the 2024 class for Indiana to to really focus hard outside of the state because to this point there hasn't been a lot of prospects that have been emerging as as clear, you know, high end, high major talents within the state of Indiana. So you know building relationships with kids like this makes a lot of sense. All right, IU football, Mike, there's no question. This has been a struggle of a season for Coach Allen and the Hoosiers. Uh, Heading into bucket week, uh, thoughts on the IU-Purdue rivalry game. Is it going to be a rivalry in the sense it's a close and competitive game, or is this going to go like so many of the other Big Ten games have went this season where IU doesn't win and isn't close? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would say it. Depends on whether or not they can change the the script from these last few games in particular, where the offense has just literally been able to do absolutely nothing, and it's it's worn out the defense. Because if you want to find a reason why IU could have a chance, it's because they could you know play good defense, especially if Taiwan Mullen were to were to come back, which is something that that Tom Allen hinted was at least possible yesterday. That's a that would be a huge factor if he not not just come back, but actually be healthy and effective because you know that David Bell matchup would, would be really be a game changer to put put him on, on that cover for, for Indiana you know I I think you know that it sounds like they're at least going to try to get one of their quarterbacks back I mean that would obviously change the game offensively but they, they've got to come up with some something better than what they've been doing offensively because you know run running every play you know I think they had just three passes in the first half against Minnesota that's just not going to get it done and, and Allen knows that he, he said that after the game against Minnesota but you 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 can't just do that and expect to to keep your defense you know from falling apart eventually which has happened in each of these last three games so so something different has to happen it's my very simple analysis of, of this game on on Saturday Mike, any chance there's some shakeup uh, in the coaching staff, specifically on the offensive side of things, uh, or is it too early to to think or talk about that? I mean, I guess I would just say it, it certainly wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, I, I wrote earlier in the the week, or maybe over the weekend, that it kind of feels like we're right back where we were in after the 2018 season with Mike DeBoer leading the offense. I mean, it's just been so uninspired, so unimaginative as it was three years ago. And ironically, Sheridan, Nick Sheridan is is only with the Indiana program because of Mike DeBoer. He was brought here by DeBoer. And so it's going to be interesting because Sheridan was obviously dealt a very tough hand. I mean, he's trying to make things work with a freshman quarterback who was never intended to play. He's, He's down to his, you know, fourth string running back walk-ons and his top playmaker wide receiver was, was injured and lost it in week four. So there, there's a lot of things that are not fair to Sheridan, you know, you know, how many guys with, with this particular set of players on offense could make this work. I, I'm not sure. Um, so, so whether it's 
him or maybe you know a change at the offensive line coach Darren Hiller that that would be another possibility as well because obviously you know you can talk about the playmakers but it doesn't seem to matter who you put in there there's just not good push up front and there's not good pass protection so so the offensive line has not been right either so but to, to answer your question more directly if if something were to happen I would expect it to be one of those two either Sheridan or Hiller or maybe both all right, Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier. You can uh, read the website, thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow Mike on Twitter, at daily underscore Hoosier. He's always with us on Tuesdays for the very latest in IU basketball and more. Mike, thank you so much. Been a great addition to the program. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk with you next week. Hey, Matt, you too. Have a great Thanksgiving. Talk to you later. Most definitely. We'll head to our final break of the hour when we come back. I uh, don't think Mike Pegram is going to be with us today. Greg Mingelt uh, back with us from the Hoosier Hills Hoops site to talk some basketball. Never a bad thing to talk basketball. We do a lot of it on this program, and there's plenty of other local topics to chat about as well, and we'll do that coming up here in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back. Final segment here on the program. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Thornton's, uh, the sponsor of the text line. Don't forget to check them out. They're your perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need each day to get it started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Mike Pegram is normally with us. My plan was to get into some more IU football with him. Uh, Mike is under the weather today, so Greg Mingelt remains in studio with me. Greg covering high school basketball and more for the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. And, Greg, we had a chance to kind of learn about this endeavor and talk about some of the weekly winners. We went through Player of the Week, Game of the Week, uh, performance of the week and so much more when we had you on earlier in the show. I'd like to talk a little bit about boys basketball since this is the big kickoff week, always in our state during the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, tonight, tomorrow night, what are the big games? Are there big games on the boys' side? Yeah, there are some really good games. It's a, it's a really good way to start the season. None of our, you know, what we would call our big programs, Jeff, Floyd, New Albany, or Silver Creek are, are uh, playing tonight. Uh, but there are some really good rivalry games, um, including uh, Matt Lynch's first game tonight, coaching Charlestown against New Washington. Um, that's it's a it's an interesting game, always a fun rivalry game. Uh, North Harrison goes to South Central, so another uh, county rivalry game. Uh, Eastern and Borden, not in the same county, but what are they, four yards apart? And uh, so another big rivalry game. Rockville Henry, Rock Creek Henryville, I wouldn't say as a rivalry, but uh, two similarly sized schools. What again? You could r- walk to the game from from the from school to school. So uh, should be a nice rivalry game. And um, Cordon Central at Seymour. Man, it's not a rivalry, but who knows who's going to win that game? That one's one that could go either way. Uh, so really, again, our big you know headline schools aren't playing tonight, but 
if you love high school basketball, go find one of these games because they're going to be some really good games. Yeah, and of course things ramp up as we get through uh, the weekend. There are some good games on Saturday, and of course as we get into December, it seems like uh, things really pick up as well. Greg Mingelt, my guest. Greg, uh, let's look ahead at the boys' basketball season, some of the top teams in the area. A uh, lot of love for some of the 4A teams this year here in our area, but I think uh, as good as 4A will be, I think there'll be some other teams and other classes that are going to be pretty doggone good themselves. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to have some good, uh, what do you say, lower-level teams. Uh, obviously, Silver Creek lost the, you know, the, their top two players probably, but Brandon Northern's awfully good, and so is Brandon Hoffman. And uh, so if anybody's going to beat um, – Silver Creek, it's going to take a big effort, and maybe it's North Harrison, although they, again, lost Hatton. Uh, but, again, Lou Lefebvre, I would never doubt him um, going into a season. So um, some interesting stuff out there, Providence, and, um, you know, some some what should be some really good teams. Lanesville, obviously. Lanesville, Rock Creek, I think, will be a couple of the Class A teams that we'll want to look at. And um, Christian Academy, of course, uh, the defending champions. So. A lot to talk about. We're going to be uh, in keeping people up to date all season. All at one place, HoosierHillsHoops.com. Greg, uh, one of the neat features you do for the girls is a power poll that comes out each week. And so we'll get a boys power poll going once the season begins. And yesterday I was talking a little bit about my thoughts on some of the better boys teams in the area, Jeffersonville, Floyd Central, and not so sure that we won't see Floyd Central at number one in that power poll when the first edition of the boys is released. Can you ever recall in all your years of covering high school hoops here in this area a team that could be bigger or was bigger than what Floyd Central will be? Seven foot, and Todd Sturgeon told us when he was on our show here a few weeks ago with his preview of the Highlanders, uh, if they wanted to start this way, they could be six four or bigger at all five starting positions. Wow, that's impressive! And in, in high school basketball, um, even if you're not very good at seven foot, it's it's such a huge advantage, as you know, as you've been doing this. We've seen some, you know, high school stiffs who are seven foot who couldn't do, you know, who would uh, um, probably can't play in college. But man, in high school, you're just going to dominate. Man, it's four A is going to be. Those three teams, especially, I mean, you throw in Bedford and those, and who knows who's going to be the best? Probably Jeff, but, you know, is it, is it uh, any distance between them and the others? I doubt it. You know, it's going to be New Albany, of course, has a ton of talent. Um, I wouldn't count out Jim Shannon either. So, man, that foray, it's going to be really interesting these first couple of weeks to see, you know, which teams are have what. I agree. Greg Vengel, HoosierHillsHoops.com with us here. A reminder, you can always catch us as a podcast if you ever miss the live show. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can download it, uh, listen at your convenience, and uh, no matter how you join the show each day, we're glad to have you with us. Greg, it's also great to have you back in studio. You were really one of the original guests on this program, and uh, it's great to have you back with us again here in this new role. And uh, we look forward to having you on each Thursday moving forward as we talk about high school basketball in the area. It's been fun, and I can't wait to get it rolling, Matt. All right, uh, Greg, happy Thanks Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me. Happy Thanksgiving. That's going to wrap things up for this uh, Tuesday edition of the program. A reminder this week, we've got one more day 
of the show. We'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. to recap the IU Jackson State game tonight. We'll talk some local sports tomorrow as well. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be my guest. And then it's off for Thanksgiving and hope that you guys uh, have a great Thanksgiving week as well. Probably a short work week for most of you. And uh, we'll return for one final day of the week, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Join us for our final show of the week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.